Well, this is it. How about it? Christmas is over. All the wrapping paper is put away as we get ready to march towards 2020. And I got to tell you today, we've got a great show for you. And Medtronic is the proud sponsor of this Inside EMS podcast. Every emergency call brings a new opportunity to make a difference. Learn how capnography monitoring from Medtronic can help at medtronic.com slash EMS. My good friend Kelly Grayson, how was your Christmas, sir? It was good, man. It, it, it was good. Uh, Santa Santa brought me some some nice things. Um, uh, unfortunately, didn't bring me Christina Hendricks like I, I asked for, but apparently Nancy intercepted him on the roof and uh, and and kept him from from doing that. Shot. I did not get a I did not get a, a lump of coal. So I guess Christmas was pretty good, man. Well, even those lumps of coal can eventually turn into a diamond. But if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you wanted that present last year too, when she intercepted it. So my guess would be, stop yeah. asking for it. If if you're not going to get, it, just stop asking for it. How about I'm going to have to communicate with Santa with uh, via encrypted email because I think Nancy's on to me. All right, good. But we, I have one more Christmas present for you, and What's that is that? our next guest, our illustrious leader, the man who joins us one time per year, the editor in chief of EMS One, Greg Freeze. Greg, I hope you had a great holiday. It's been a wonderful holiday, Chris, uh, Kelly, listeners. Uh, thanks so much. I actually think this is an extra gift because I'm pretty sure I've been on more than once uh, this year. So uh, don't limit me to once per year. I'm always glad to be a part of the Inside EMS podcast. And uh, we are excited to have you here. And, and we've done it last year, Greg. And, you know, we're going to talk about the top five you know, stories that EMS One had, and and this is really broken down by you know the the interactions that we've had and the the people that have uh, read the articles. So these are really the top five for the year. And we'll start off with number five. And Kelly, I'll, I'll let you start, and and Greg, please add your thoughts. Where an EMT was killed, seven injured in Montana demolition derby crash. I, I'm surprised they're still doing demolition derby, but you know this was one that came out of uh, uh, the summertime and. Uh, th- this caused a lot of uh, a lot of people to uh, have some challenges with. Man, tragedy all the way around. Uh, you get an EMT killed in a, in a freak accident. Car car drives through a chain link fence into the into the stands at this event, um, and we lost uh, uh, Daryl and Day, uh, Powell County EMT. Um, that's not the way anyone is supposed to go out, uh, much less an EMT. And it kind of, I would imagine, it, it, it shocks and saddens her, her co-workers and her family. Uh, what do you say with this kind of thing when, when somebody's so senselessly uh, snatched from us uh, in, in the prime of their life? I, I, I send, send good thoughts and prayers out to her family. Kelly, to me, it speaks to the larger danger of EMS and that that's when anyone that's a provider puts on the uniform yeah. And, and leaves their home, uh, whether it's a 911 call, an event standby, or a transfer from hospital to home, uh, or stopping on the side of the road to care for an accident victim. Uh, the, the work is incredibly dangerous, whether it's a small town, big towns, and uh, just an unfortunate and tragic reminder yeah. of the danger of EMS, and also to all of us to just... Uh, not take anything for granted that uh, each day really is a blessing or a gift and um, for our colleagues that uh, choose to serve uh, you know my admiration of them because I I think we know that 
this line of work can be very dangerous. Volunteer or a paid employee can be very dangerous and end in just an instant. And of course, yeah. my yeah. best wishes to you know, friends I, and families. You know, as I you, think- when you put on the the uniform, there's always a chance that you don't come home. You, you don't expect it like this. You know, you expect you know the domestic. Uh, domestic scene turns bad or, or you get hit on the side of the road working an MVC. Uh, how many of us go to go to standbys at events and fairs and concerts and stuff and expect uh, this sort of thing to happen? But uh, um, it, it makes you appreciate uh, what we do and, and uh, the, the risks that our coworkers take all that much more every day. You know, we talk about scene safety, and sometimes I, I think we teach it in a way that it becomes tongue-in-cheek. And, you know, yeah. when, when we are really on the job, when we leave the house, we really have to come to the conclusion that this could be the last time that we leave our house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, EMS can be very, very boring. It could be very, very benign until it's not. And we've got to be able to keep our due diligence all times and Kelly I've said it before that we've got to keep our head on a swivel because we just don't know what the day is going to give us and if we think that our day is going to be boring uh, that's when I think that complacency sets in and we have a little bit of problem but the number five story certainly was heart-wrenching for us and really gave us the opportunity to think and one if we move now to our number four story Greg and I'll let you kind of talk about this one first this is happening more and more Uh, Another story that came out of the summertime was a McDonald's employee refuses to serve a paramedic and won't serve anyone with a badge. If my memory serves me right, just recently, Starbucks, there was another instance where there were some challenges as well to first responders of service and uh, even some derogatory comments made on their cups. And is this what we have to expect or, you know, how how do we kind of move this forward to ensure that we're treated just like everyone else? Sure, Chris. So this incident in the uh, in Florida near Tampa uh, from August of employees, the paramedics not being served by a McDonald's employee. I think we've more commonly heard about these stories, unfortunately related to police officers uh, not being served or their food being meddling meddled uh, with or sabotaged. I guess metal is probably not the right word because it sounds too uh, benign, but uh, sabotage of uh, both service and food. And, uh, you know, it, all around, it's a really unfortunate situation. You know, I take uh, the companies at their word, I guess, McDonald's, Starbucks, uh, what have you, that, you know, these are isolated incidents. Uh, I think the, the, the thing that I guess is partly memorable for me is uh, from this news story is two things. One is just that uh, paramedics um, got caught up into this uh, uh, type of behavior that has Mm -hmm. happened in a few isolated incidents. And then second would be, you know, how I read, received feedback, whether it be from emails or comments on articles or Facebook posts about how paramedics would respond in a similar situation. Uh, and I guess we all have to decide, you know, when confronted with bad customer service or outright hostility, uh, how we might respond in uniform. And, you know, there's a real range of solutions. One is to escalate and try to handle it right there. Another is to just uh, say, all right, I'm out of here and hold it in. Another would be 
you know, go to social media or maybe talk to your supervisor. Uh, there's a lot of possible options, uh, some of which I had considered. Uh, I was surprised how many people wanted to take matters into their own hands and sort of set that McDonald's employee uh, straight, which, uh, to be honest, that wouldn't be my course of action. Yeah, well, uh, w when someone is a jerk to you, uh, our, our natural response, my natural response is to be a jerk back, and, and, and generally I'm, I'm a better jerk than they are. So, uh, But that's not the right way to do things. <laughs> my natural response is not the mature way to handle it. I have to remind myself, you know, when I'm, I'm at work, I'm wearing an Acadian uniform, I'm representing them, and I have to be better than that. Uh, and and by, by all accounts, I'm sure uh, Mr. Quinn uh, represented Sunstar appropriately in, in that instance. You can't do what you'd like to do, uh, and you can't set them straight. You have to be the better person. Uh, um, Nancy's fond of saying you can't unjerk a jerk, and, and the other thing that comes to mind is never, um, uh, never argue with an idiot because they drag you down to their level and they beat you with experience. Uh, that happens. Yeah, it, that happens every week with me, Greg. Just so, yeah. just so you know that. Yeah. Just. But, but is this? You know, we read about this and we hear about this so much, and that you know, Starbucks or or fast food restaurants or whatever are are you know employees are are refusing to to uh, serve police officers, and in this case, a paramedic merely because he wore a badge. Someone wears a, a MAGA hat somewhere. He gets ostracized and, and denied service and everything. And are we losing our ability to be civil to one another uh, as a society? Have we got so dead gum uh, fractured that we're naturally oppositional. We, we look at each other's differences and, and make everything about that rather than our commonalities. It just seems like that, that, more and more, we're seeing the, the death of courtesy and civil discourse and constructively disagreeing with one another. Um, now, it's like everything's a, a war. You I know, I, I think, Kelly, it's my opinion, it's more of an issue of, of the difficulty of surfacing uh, good news. That it's, it's very unusual for us to get an email from a police officer or a paramedic of like, Hey, I went into a restaurant and somebody paid for my meal. Or because those things don't get reported. Or the barista wrote thanks on my Starbucks cup. Or, you know, I got service with a smile. I, I actually think that's the norm. I did get an email this afternoon. Uh, police department uh, chose to, and I think this is a, a great uh, thing that they did. They decorated the department Christmas tree with uh, Dunkin' Donuts uh, uh, bags, containers, and cups. Um, you know, sort of like, hey, let's let's wink at ourselves here. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts uh, got wind of that and stopped by uh, with bags and boxes of uh, donuts and coffee. Um, you know, the, I think that kind of uh, stuff from the just service with a smile and a mm -hmm. transaction that went correctly. Uh, up to the, like, hey, we're going out of our way to drop off pizzas at the police department or the fire department, or, you know, the the bill gets uh, accidentally, you know, air quotes, rung up wrong. You you yeah. order $10 of food and they say, that'll be a dollar, sir. And you're like, what? You know, like a dollar. Okay. So um, I, I think, you know, it's 
social media is really good at, at surfacing the outrage um, and not so good at surfacing the wonderful experiences. You know, yeah. I think that one of the things that we think about as well is a lot of times this is the instance of one individual. This isn't the, the culture of those organizations. When we talk about McDonald's, when we talk about Starbucks, when we talk about these fast food restaurants, usually it's the person behind the register that is allowing their emotions to dictate their actions, and it just so happens that there's a first responder on the other side of it. But, you know, one of the things that I think is, is important is that, you know, we don't handle it. We allow ourselves to be the better person. And then, as everyone said, you know, we just kind of, you know, whether it's social media or you know, whether it's social media, or whether however it gets out I think that this is uh, why we talk about it and I think we need to do that but I want to go ahead and take a quick break and talk about certainty and uncertain situations it's one of the things you need to do your job wherever you are and it's why Medtronic offers capnography and pulse oximetry solutions that are designed to give you early insight into your patient's breathing act faster and intervene sooner find out how at medtronic.com EMS so as we move to our number three story, this one really kind of caught me off uh, when I saw it. It was actually a video, and it was a semi-truck runs an ambulance off the highway. And I got to tell you, I mean, we go out there, not only when we're standing on the road is it very, very, uh, uh, you know, we have to be able to ensure that we're safe, but when we're driving our ambulances, to know that a semi wasn't paying attention and ran us off the road, uh, this is something that really kind of gave me a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of chill up my back, Kelly, and I'm sure you're out there every day, and you see the disregard, but, uh, um, you know, these semi-trucks, they get in the way of an ambulance, and there's nothing we can do about it. No, no, there's not, you know, they... uh it seems like some drivers are out there and they're operating by the by the lug nut rule. Uh, whichever vehicle has the most lug nuts uh, gets a right of way on, on, on any street. Um, and and watching the video, it's pretty obvious that, that this this um, uh, eighteen wheeler is is um, ran the, the ambulance off the road, made contact. You can't uh, there there's no way to, to excuse what he did. Um, and ran the uh, ran the guy off the road. Um, that's uh, <laughs> I, my employer would say this is where you need to observe your side cushion uh, to keep that sort of thing from happening. <laughs> you know, he would say, uh, "Where's your side cushion? Um, you're supposed to not hang out in people's blind spots and not pe- allow people to hang out in yours uh, and have an, have a, a means of." of of evading things uh, if someone drifts over into your lane. But um, that's in an ideal situation. How do you stay away from a semi-truck and brake quickly enough or accelerate quickly enough to get around him in that sort of situation? It's lucky that no one was killed when he was forced off the road and didn't roll over. Hey, Greg, let me ask you this question. You know, since we have this story, is it time now that ambulances start to use dash cams for not only uh, liability purposes, but also for the safety of their folks for, for further training and such? I would say yes. I, I, I felt that way for a number of years that it's uh, important to uh, capture those types of uh, incidents, whether it's uh, being parked on the roadside, a distracted driver, uh, somebody that's uh, not yielded the right of way, or attempted some sort of dangerous uh, passing situation, I, I think uh, I'd be in support of uh, 
video cameras being standard issue in every ambulance. Yeah, you know, and I'll anecdote, uh, personal anecdote here, since uh, a bunch of my colleagues, myself included, were kind of trepidatious when when my employer installed drive cam systems. We went from our our Road Safety International or, or whatever it was uh, uh, mo- uh, monitoring system uh, to to cameras, and and of course they have uh, sensors in them to, to trigger whenever you hard lane change or accelerate or brake hard. But, uh, they have not been the, the, uh, uh, big brother looking over your shoulder and critiquing every, everything you do, uh, uh, thing that we feared they would be. As a matter of fact, they've, they've been a boon to many a case where someone said one thing, this ambulance was driving recklessly and hit me and, and that sort of thing. We've had quite a few cases that we were able to just throw out because the video evidence was irrefutable um, and and saved us many hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and continues to do so. It's been a good thing to have these these uh, uh, drive cams uh, installed in the cabs of our ambulance. I will never agree with Sebolero that, that a camera in the back of the ambulance is, is uh, necessarily a good idea, but in the front, um, I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a, a thing that needs to happen, uh, and it's been a good thing for our company. Yeah, you're the guy we have to worry about in the back of the ambulance, not wanting to be videoed, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about that. We'll save that for a 2020 show. But the number two story, and I remember reading this and thinking, you know, it's about time that there was a facelift, but the Glasgow Coma Scale was 40 years old, and it got a facelift and changed. And I think the Glasgow Coma Scale is one of the most abused scales in EMS. Mm-hmm. I can't count the number of times every single person had to get a GCS, and that's not what it was made for. This is a neurological um, you know, assessment for people that may have had neurological injury and I think we abuse it. You know, I was happy to see it got a facelift, Greg, and because uh, it is a very valuable tool when it's used in the right situation. Yeah, I think what's uh, caught my eye about this article, I guess, uh, was the two things. One is the sharing in the news, but then that this was also uh, Michael Fraley, an EMS One columnist, uh, really turned this into an education piece and training mm-hmm. and reminder uh, to providers about how uh GCS is supposed to be used and uh, with some really helpful information there. And I think the other thing that's uh, noteworthy about this article is the amount of traffic it's received uh, it affirms that we receive other allied health students and professionals, uh, maybe nursing students that are learning that arrive on EMS1 and use our resources to learn about well, EMT and paramedic students for sure as well, but to learn assessment basics and uh-huh. about scales for assessing uh, brain function, uh, pain, any number of things. Yeah, you know, one of the, the big knocks against the GCS for, for years was that, uh, first of all, Teasdale and Janet never intended it to be a global uh, level of consciousness surrogate, uh, which is what we use it for. You know, so many of us use it as some kind of some rating scale for level of consciousness when it was supposed to be a bedside trending tool for comatose or, or altered head injury patients. Uh, and it was never meant to, to have its individual uh, scores tabulated and 
and and apply it as a rating system. But that's how we've used it for so many years. And, and the other big knock was there was so much variability between raiders. One person's purposeful movement is another person's follows command is another person's withdrawals from painful stimulus and, and how they applied painful stimulus and, and what constituted a, a response to painful stimulus and eye opening and verbal was so much different uh, between raiders that, that um, it really diminished the utility uh, of the Glasgow coma scale. So now that uh, GCS 40 is here and, and, it, and it gives specific instructions uh, on how to apply these things, uh, how to apply these, uh, these uh, stimuli and what constitutes an appropriate response and, and, and that sort of thing gives us a, a lot better tool to, uh, to rate our patient's neurological status than in, in the past. Um, you know, uh, some some years back, we did a we did a uh, an article uh, on the Glasgow Coma Scale and, and and coma scoring in general. And there are several other alternatives out there uh, that are a little more problematic to apply than the GCS. Uh, but now that the GCS has gotten a facelift, it's it's usable again. So uh, I'll I'll be putting it back in, in the toolbox and uh, and and relying on it a little more than I have been in the past. I won't roll my eyes quite so much at the GCS score uh, if it's a properly applied and properly rated GCS score. So we finally got there to the number one story, Kelly. This is one that uh, you and I had a good time talking about, yeah. and it really kind of gave me hope that uh, the people in Washington, D.C., as they introduced a new bill in Congress, were really looking out for the people who were in EMS, only to find out that it didn't cover anyone who was in private EMS, that this is only people who were in public EMS. But the number one story on EMS-1 this year was a bill would give retired first responders over 50 access to Medicare with retirement and uh, medical benefits. And it's still a great story, but it doesn't cover everyone, Kelly. Yeah, it's it's a boon to retire public safety uh, officers, police, and fire. Uh, it's not, uh, we were sadly left out. Um, if you're not fire-based EMS, uh, you work for private EMS or even municipal uh, EMS in a non-fire uh, department. Uh, sadly, you're left out. Uh, I, do, I don't begrudge a retired police officer or firefighter getting those additional benefits. I think this is the way a, a, a community uh, and, and I, as our nation can, can show support to these people. And even more so if it was a volunteer um, uh, volunteering their time to, to extend those benefits to them. But these sorts of things, rather than play sour grapes and say, well, well we were left out. We're always the redheaded stepchildren of EMS. Uh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's always about Marsha. Um, I, I think a, a better approach for us in the future would be to to hopefully monitor these types of, uh, of these legislation like this before it reaches a vote and see if we can lobby and piggyback onto these bills uh, and say, hey, how about us, you know, before it's a fait accompli and the, and the thing is already uh, gone to committee and gone to the floor for a vote. Uh, this is how uh, emergency medical personnel were added to the PTSD benefits bill in Connecticut. Originally, um, there, was, there, were, there was pushback from, from a very small section of private ambulance companies in Connecticut that saw them removed from the bill 
Um, but there was enough of a grassroots effort that they made their, their voices heard and people, people, uh, went back, the representatives went back and reconsidered that bill and brought it up again later. And now, uh, they are included. Uh, there's a lesson we can draw from that. If we're, if we're not proactive enough to, to advocate this legislation ourselves, maybe we can monitor the legislative doings in our respective states and communities and see if we can, uh, we can advocate for ourselves and say, hey, how about us as well? Um, uh, rather than construct a table of our own, maybe we can just elbow a little bit and get a seat at, at, at the other tables. Well, here we uh, go. I mean, those are the top five stories. And, you know, as told by you, the listeners of, uh, I guess, the readers of EMS1 of what you enjoyed this year. And we'd really like to know if something didn't make the list, go ahead and send it to us at the show at EMS1.com. But Greg, you know, we have you here for your annual. And yes, you have joined us a couple times this year, and we know you will next year as well. But from the editor-in-chief of EMS1, what do we have to look forward to next year? I know that you probably have your editorial calendar all up and ready, but um, what are the highlights you think we're going to see in 2020 from EMS1? Well, Chris, uh, thanks uh, to you and Kelly for a great 2019 and all the listeners of Inside EMS, uh, as well as the readers of EMS One. We sure appreciate you all. You know, Carrie Hat, the senior editor, uh, is the point person for planning out the editorial coverage for EMS One for 2020. You know, I think it's going to be a combination uh, of the things that we've been uh, doing all these years. Uh, stuff that's uh, leadership oriented, also clinical oriented and operations, uh, responding to the events and incidents of the day with analysis uh, and as well as education and training. You know, me personally, one of the things that's really on my mind is how machine learning and then artificial intelligence is going to play an increasingly important role in EMS in 2020 and beyond that as we're generating you know these uh, millions and millions of EPCR uh, data points and then all the video uh, that's in those dash cameras as well as uh, I think we're going to see more and more EMS providers with body cameras it's got to be uh, ways that we're going to use the machines to be making sense of that data to help us do our jobs better, take care of our patients more effectively. So uh, artificial intelligence, uh, that's what's on my mind. But I know for sure we're never going to be able to turn over inside EMS to a computer. We're still going to need the two of you. I, I can't get Chris to open the pod bay doors as it is right now. So uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, you know, if if I could get a more tractable partner who would who would listen to me and ask, do what I ask, it, it would be great. Uh, that's my 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 Christmas gift for next year. Uh, okay. Get me somebody with more personality and and more charm than Sevalero. Can you can you look into that? Oh my God, Greg! I, don't even entertain maybe, him. Maybe somebody more entertaining uh, like Ben Stein. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really a tote tap. He's a dynamo boy. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's go ahead and we'll just end the show on this high note. But I want to thank everybody for coming. We had a great year. The listeners, I want to thank you for being part of this show and continually supporting Inside EMS, uh, in EMS One, you know, to my partner, uh, Kelly, whatever his name is. I want to thank you for another great year. Greg, I want to thank you for joining us and look forward to an awesome 2020. But I think it's time to uh, kick it and get out of here, Kelly, and uh, get us into 2020. So do your thing. 
Yeah, we're, let's look. Hey, you guys have heard what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. We always welcome your comments, concerns, con- questions, and suggestions uh, as show ideas. So email us at the show at ems1.com. And I'd like to end the year by saying thank you so much for the support and the listenership and making us one of the more popular EMS podcasts out there, including our, our uh, honorable mention of Folio Eddie Awards this year. And here's, here's looking forward to, to winning it next year. But for myself and co-host Chris Sabalero and fearless leader Greg Freeze, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys in 2020.